0: <clears throat> good afternoon, everyone. Uh, we're going to give everybody just about a minute to to kind of get logged in and uh, get settled in here, and then we will get started on a on a topic I'm really really passionate about. So um, we'll give everybody just about a minute. Hope everyone's having a good um, good week. Getting ready maybe to play some games this weekend. Um, All right. Let me just give it one more second here, guys. We'll start in about 30 seconds. All right. Um, Just give us another few seconds here, guys. Um, We we might have time for questions. Uh, Again, if you have a question that you want to ask, you can hit five-star at any point during the, during the talk, um, and that will show me that your hand is up. And then uh, when I see that your hand is up, I can bring you on. I can unmute you and bring you on if that's something that you want to do. Um, or if you want to just ask your question directly um, to me without coming, kind of coming on live. I know sometimes people call on for work, or maybe you just don't want to be on the, uh, you know, on the air. You can certainly text me your question. 201-323-0840. Uh, 201-323-0840. Or hit 5 star if you want to ask a question. So, um, obviously, you guys have all read, let me shut the in my office here. You guys have all read the email that we sent out yesterday. So, uh, what I've seen over the last couple of years is this becoming more and more of an issue. And there's certainly been a lot of press about it as well. Um, there's been college coaches who have lost their job um you guys can search that i don't want to you know run people's names out there but it would not take very much of a google search to see the college coaches who were let go of their jobs or let go from their jobs because of bullying or because of maybe using some tactics that may be a little bit out of date or just went too far in a consistent pattern so um it's, this, is a, this is something that, uh, again, is happening more and more, but it's really near and, de- near and dear to my heart because there were two times in my career where I experienced it. So I experienced it um, when I was in high school. I experienced it from a coach. You know, I didn't know what that was at the time. A lot of times it was kind of like as tough love, and maybe it was intended as tough love, but it certainly wasn't received that way. And then there was another time in my professional career that uh, in a coaching situation where you know, I had a coach who, who I was coaching with who was kind of, I would say, on the back end of his career. I was literally just beginning my career. We were both at the same level. Like, you know, we were at the same level, but, like, you know, one elevator was kind of headed down and, and one was heading up, and, and he was not in the one heading up. And so, you know, for whatever it was, he just, you know, he had it out for me and did everything that he could do to possibly, uh, or everything he could possibly do to make my life as miserable as as he could, and, you know, certainly a situation I dealt with, I would have rather not dealt with it, Um, but it's something that is a little bit more common than we think, and so um, in addition to that, um, when I started uh, working for Yogi Berra, I was the resident speaker and camp director at his museum in Montclair, New Jersey for 15 years, great honor of my life. We started uh, doing, we were were talking about sportsmanship and bullying around the time, I don't know if you guys remember, there was this thing called the Boston Hockey Dad story, where one dad and two hockey dads actually got into a fight. One guy actually ended up, you know, uh, killing the other father. And it became this huge issue of, like, sportsmanship and bullying. And we were right there doing that at the time. And and so uh, I don't know how many presentations I gave, two or three presentations a week for 15 years, And I would say probably 80% of them were on bullying and sportsmanship. And so I have a passion for it and a background and some experiences in it. Now, before I get into this, before I kind of break down these situations, what you can do about it, how you can help your son, and and how you can help your son get through it, um, I do understand there's two sides to every story. I get it. I get it that there are sour grapes sometimes Sometimes parents are not giving their kids an honest assessment. Sometimes people are oversensitive to things and they take things the wrong way. They may interpret something as bullying that maybe is not bullying. I spend a lot of time with my sons trying to get them to understand what's the difference between kind of kids being kids, busting each other's chops or what, you know, what crosses the line into something, you know, that's more serious, right? Because there's kind of this, uh, there's kind of this inclination that anytime somebody does anything to you that you don't like, it's bullying. And that's not just not true. So I understand there's two sides to every story. But in that two sides to every story, you also have to understand that in, in when it comes to a coach and player relationship, one is an adult and the other is a child. I don't even care if it's an 18-year-old. An 18-year-old to me is still a child. And one person was hired and paid to coach the other and to be a role model to the other. So while I understand there's two sides to every story, those two sides are not always equal. So the one thing I would always uh, ask anyone to do in these situations and with the parents and the players that I've worked with through these situations that I've coached and mentored through them, I always want to do an honest assessment. Are we seeing this clearly? Are we seeing this through the lens of reality? Or are we seeing this through the lens of a parent who loves their child, raised their child, sees opportunity, and then sees it not going the way they want? And maybe, maybe have, has overestimated their kid's ability. So I'm always looking to see, see it through an honest lens, and it's always good in these situations to get an honest assessment, get, get an assessment from somebody who doesn't necessarily maybe see it the exact same way that you see it. At the very least, one of two things will happen. Either that person will listen to you and they will strengthen your opinion, or maybe you'll see it differently. And sometimes there's been some situations where I've, I've listened to a situation and I've kind of assessed it, and I said, you know what, I don't think, I think you're looking at this. Through an emotional lens, and if everything you're telling me is the way it is, I don't think it's you know it, it's it's an issue, and it's probably better the cooler heads prevail before you take action on anything. So, I want to start with the coach in the in in any situation, and, and obviously the one that I that I shared with you guys was pretty powerful, and and thank you so much to all of you. I got dozens and dozens of stories from you guys, um, and, and in time I'll, I'll do my best to share them all, but thank you for that, because um, a lot of them were inspiring, and, and there will certainly be stories that I'll share with the players that I coach. So it's, it's, I want you to look at this differently. It's not the coach, but it's not not the coach either. And then for me, there's nothing more sacred than the player-coach bond. You know, yeah, you can. I can. I can sit and listen to an argument about any religion or any religious belief in the world, but the one that I won't listen to an argument on is the baseball gods. And I think the baseball gods look very poorly down, look down very poorly on coaches that don't hold the player-coach relationship as a sacred relationship. Now, from a parental perspective, what I want you to understand is that that is this is the probably the second most important adult adult role model in your son's life. In some ways, could be more important, and especially for male role models, we have about fifty-something uh, kids that we in our mentoring program. And I'm going to tell you this. I work with players on all aspects of all aspects of the game. From, from, uh, I will talk to kids about pitch strategy, the, the, their drills, their workouts, their routines, all the way down to the coach is giving me a hard time. I'm riding the bench. I have an injury or my girlfriend broke up with me. And here's the one thing I will tell you above all for young males. Young males look for models. That's how young males know how to kind of go to the next level. And the, the powerful male role models in their life become those models. And why it's so important for, for your son to understand this situation at a deeper level is because he'll do one of two things. He'll either mimic that behavior or he'll complete that behavior. But he'll do neither if he's in a victim state. So when I say it's not the coach, but it's not not the coach, I would start by saying that any coach that drives a kid away from the game is not a coach. Any, 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 any coach where a player comes to them interested and passionate and in love with the game and leaves that game with less passion, less love, and less interest, that's not a coach. Even in a situation where you're going to cut a player, maybe a player's just not good enough to play on the team, I would still look at that as an opportunity to say, hey, look, son, The the skills for this team are this, the abilities that we need. Right now, you're not there. Right now, you're not there. And what uh, what I always try to leave the players that I cut with was, here's a plan. If you wanted to improve, here's a plan that I think you could do. Here's some things that you could really improve upon. And then here's also some opportunities in the game. And sometimes that way I was coaching in high school was like, if you want to be the equipment manager, you you want to keep the scorebook, you want to be part of the team, you know, here's some opportunities. And some kids took them and some kids didn't. But to me, I always – and I didn't do everything perfectly, don't get me wrong. There's a lot of mistakes I made as a coach. But what I always wanted to do is I wanted to keep that sacred player-coach bond even if that player didn't end up playing for me. In that time, even for that short time of the tryout, I was a powerful male role model in their lives, and young males look for models. And so to me, when that sacred bond is broken – You cease to be a coach because the coach, the root word of coach comes from stagecoach, like an old horse and kind of buggy type stagecoach thing. So a stagecoach is a transportation system. And so a coach is a transportation system. A coach takes a player from where he is and he transports them to where they want to be or, or or takes their potential from where it is and shows them how to get potential in another area. And for, for coaches, we often make the mistake that we, we – I, I, I hate when I hear players say, you better bring me your best. That's not the player's job. It's the coach's job to inspire the best from the player. But when we say, you better bring your best, that's saying I don't, I don't have the skills to bring out your best, so I'm going to put it on you. Right? A coach's job is to bring out the best in the players. Now, what often happens in these situations is – what the player has run into in a bullying or an abusive situation, the players run into a coach that's just not qualified. So obviously if it's an abusive situation where it really crosses a line, right, and some of you shared some stories that were pretty disturbing to me, um, when it's crossed the line, it's certainly somebody that's not qualified. But when it's in a bullying situation, I would bet you, 99 times out of 100, if you sat down that coach and you asked him if he thought what he was doing was bullying or abusive in some way to the player or demeaning or belittling to the player, I would bet you that coach doesn't believe that. Now, partly it could be that the coach is not qualified to coach, but maybe he used to be qualified to coach. So there's a lot of old-school coaches who are kind of getting pushed out of the game now. I don't know if you've noticed, but there's a lot of coaches who – I mean, I'm seeing coaches that are coaching 20, 30 years at the same school and then, poof, they have an incident with a couple kids doing nothing that they hadn't done before. But the difference is the circumstances have changed. The players have changed. So we can can say whatever we want. We can say, oh, the players are softer or the players are too sensitive. That doesn't matter. It is what it is. And if you love baseball and you're truly a coach, you don't say it's my way or the highway. That's not coaching. That's dictating. So true coaching is looking at what you have and being a transport transport system for those players. I was in the Coast Guard OX, and I tell you, there was one time where um, probably the most experienced um, coxswain that we had stepped aside in a situation where the water was going to be icy, Because even though he was the most qualified, he wasn't the most qualified for those circumstances. There was somebody better. And so oftentimes we have a coach that's just old school. He thinks he's doing the best thing. He thinks he's doing tough love, but it's not coming out that way. And then you have kind of a new school coach. Now, the new school coaches, they they sometimes lack the emotional intelligence or even the baseball coaching ability to reach players. And I'll just be honest, and I'm of the generation, this bullying and intimidation and belittling is far more common in older coaches than it is in younger coaches. That's not something that I'm particularly proud of, being a member of that. Um, In both cases, you know, coaching comes, comes down to communication. Coaching is saying there's something in me, there's a knowledge in me, there's a passion in me, there's a spirit in me that I want to transfer to the player. The only way that I can transfer that is if there's something in my head that I want to communicate to a player, that's the transportation system I have is communication. So coaches that are unskilled at communication are coaches that often will impose rules or try and intimidate or say it's my way or the highway or say we've done it like this all the time. And then anybody that doesn't fall in line with that is – not part of the program. Here's, here's one thing. You'll love this. I want, you to, I want you to look at how teams react to certain things. Let's say a coach comes in and he's implementing some kind of new program, uh, you know, whatever, right, new, new thing with the pitching staff, new, new hitting approach, whatever it is, anything that the coach is implementing. The team always breaks down into three areas. And this is something that I work with a lot of teams on because they don't see this. A lot of coaches and a lot of teams don't see this. The team will break down into three areas. You will have the players that just get it. One-third of the players will just get it. It just works for them. They're usually bigger, faster, stronger kids, especially at younger levels, that can just go adapt athletically to anything. But one-third will just get it. The second-third will kind of get it but not really get it, but they get it kind of enough that it almost looks like it's developing in them. And then you have a third that just won't get anything. It won't fit for them. They won't figure it out. Now, what a coach will often do, a coach that's a my way or the highway coach, where often these situations will evolve from, that coach will say, you see that one third that got it? You need to be more like them. Now, what happens is the middle group that kind of gets it, they try and double down and work harder and try and get it like the first group. The other group just gets frustrated even though they might work hard to try and get it, they'll just continually get frustrated, and they'll start to think there's something wrong with them. Then you have a coach that will say, well, you're not working as hard as the first group, or you're not getting it like the first group, or you're not coaching, you're not, you're not coming up to us or giving us your best like the first group. But what really happened was the coach had one system that worked for one-third of the team. And what he really needed was three systems. And those could have been systems of instruction, those could have been systems of information, those could have been systems of communication, those could have been systems of of um, ways that a player might learn, auditory, visual, kinesthetic learning. But we don't see it that way if we're a my way or the highway guy. And what we often say about the other, the third group, the last group that doesn't get it, we say that they're uncoachable. If you are a coach listening to this, never use the word uncoachable. Uncoachable, is, is that, that is not a definition of the player. That is a definition of the coach. It's literally break down the word. Uncoachable, unable to coach, uncoachable. That's saying within my capabilities and abilities, I can't coach the kid. I would agree. That maybe within your capabilities, just like I told you, the coxswain who was the most experienced um, in our in our group, he did not he, he he did not have the ability to navigate the icy waters like another like another sailor did. So he was unable to do that within his skill set. So when we say to a, a, a kid is uncoachable, that is not a definition of your son and is not a definition of the players. That's a definition, a complete and utter definition of the abilities of the coach. And if a, if a coach is saying more and more kids are uncoachable, that is more and more a definition that the game has moved on or the, temp, or, or the, or the, the, the kind of um, the culture of the game is moving beyond their skill set. And for the coaches who are listening to this, as long as the problem is the players, that is a way of distracting us from being part of the solution. So I'll tell you this too before I move on to, to parents and players. You bring me those bully coaches. You bring them to me. If you got a bully coach, send me an email, let me know. And if I think it's really an abusive situation, we have our email list of 740,000 people, strong. I'll make that coach famous. And I don't have a problem. I'll stand up to them. I'm not afraid of some baseball coach. He's not really a coach if he's abusing kids. And I will also look at the situation honestly. So here it is for, for parents. W- parents and players, what do you do? You're at a fork in the road, right? My, my, my old boss, Yogi Berra, says when you come to a fork in the road, take it. You're at a fork in the road, Right? So if you make it about the coach, you're going to make it about the wrong things. If you make it about the if you make it that the coach is the problem, then you are accepting the premise of the coach. And the premise of the coach is there's something wrong with your son. And if you accept that as the premise, then that becomes true. You will make that coach a more powerful figure in your son's life. You will make that coach as almost as if a person who has discovered some inadequacy or some flaw in your son, and he exposed it. When it has when it, when it is nothing to do probably with your son and everything to do with the coach's ability. But Now, what happened may not be your fault, but what you do with it is your responsibility. So if you make it about that coach, you are going to take a temporary situation and make it permanent. If you permit this guy to win, you'll make your kid a victim. And what always happens, and this is the thing I get most passionate about, is if this situation happens and you allow this to, if you permit this, you're going to put a mark on your son's timeline that's going to alter the trajectory of his career and his life. Why does that get to happen? I don't, I I, I probably know a lot of you on this call or I've spoken to you. I understand what you think about your son. I understand how you feel about your kid, in all the hopes and dreams that you have for your, your kid, be it in baseball or out of baseball, for whole, his whole life. Why does this one guy get to, be, get to have a, a, a time stamp on your son's life? Why, why would we permit this? Why would we let some unqualified jerk-off who has, knows nothing about baseball, knows nothing about coaching, knows nothing about communicating, why would we let that guy have a timestamp in the sacred timeline of your son's life? I talked about a player-coach relationship being sacred, but now we're talking about parent-child. We're talking about families, generations, timelines. If you allow this guy to have a timestamp on your kid's life, it's going to show up in your grandkids' life and their kid's life and their kid's life. Because when you alter the trajectory of a player's life, it's going to show up everywhere. You probably have heard the thing: if you leave JFK and you take a one-degree turn off and you don't correct it, you end up like on the other side of the world. Why does this guy, in this temporary situation, why would we permit him to have a time stamp on your son's career, I mean your son's life and his career? You cannot permit it. So... In talking with players about this, what, what I always want to do with players as a coach, I always feel it's my job to continually point them to the strengths, And oftentimes I'm pointing them to the strengths that maybe they don't even realize about themselves. It's one of the greatest things I get to do in, in the way I coach kids. Because 99% of my coaching is virtual. You know, I'm either dealing with kids on Zoom or on, on the phone or in, or in chat or, or, or voice messaging back and forth. And, and getting to point them to the strength of who they are, even in the toughest of circumstances, even in the toughest of situations, is one of the greatest parts of what I do. And so what I want to do is start to point to, your, to the strengths of your son. So when I have a kid who's in this situation who's having a tough time with the coach, I start with a couple questions. I'll start with things like, hey, who's your favorite player? Who's your favorite team? What's, what's like a moment that you, like if you could go watch a YouTube video, you had to pick one baseball YouTube video to watch for the rest of your life, like what moment would you watch? You ever been to a game? You ever see anything great, guy like hit a bomb? What's your favorite moment about baseball? Hey, would you like to go out? If we were together, if we were in the same room and we went outside, would you want to play, like, go play catch or go throw if you're a pitcher? Or you want me to throw you some DP? Well, maybe we'll go out and we'll play some home run derby or something. Or I'll grab some wiffle balls and a wiffle bat. Or I'll grab some. Would you, would you go do that if, we, if you were here with me? Every kid has answers to those questions. A kid in the worst situation with an abusive coach who's bullying him, they've got answers to those questions. Your son is not falling out of love with the game of baseball. Your son is falling out of love with a situation that sucks. He's falling out of love with trying to please someone who obviously doesn't have the ability to help him reach his potential. I'm not saying your kid's going to be the next Mike Trout. But there's something there. And so when I point to the strength of a player, I want to point to the fact that you're still in love with baseball. You're just not in love with this situation. You're not in love with this coach. You're not in love with what you're getting out of the work that you're putting in. And the best part about that is situations come and go. Situations are transient. Situations can change. New people can come in. It's one of the best things that I do as a coach when I work with players is I give them the experience of a positive coach. Given the experience of a coach's transport system. I'm not honking my own horn, but you know, toot toot. You know, this is what this is what I was born to do. Have a better experience of the game. They realize they're not falling out of love in the game. They're not taking away the joy. A person can't take away your joy. A situation can be terrible, and a situation can suck, and a coach can be brutal. But they can't take that away. Well, I tell you how you can make it look that way is if you make it about the coach and you make your son a victim and you accept that coach's premise. If you accept that coach's premise, you're gonna make him a powerful figure in your in your son's life, he's gonna be a timestamp on your son's life. You cannot permit that. If I'm gonna to point to the strength of your son, I'm gonna to point to the strength that I talk to every player about. He chose baseball go through this but i'm going to tell you that i i love this generation that's coming up i love them i I think they're the greatest i don't worry about the future i think we're going to be in great hands because these kids have chose baseball i I ask i I speak to a lot of college teams a lot of teams throughout the year and if you ever want me to come speak to your team if you get me there i'm yours Uh, but uh, the first question i was asking is what are you doing here your college team, why are you doing this during your college years? Everybody else is out having fun, going to parties, dating, even starting their careers early, doing internships. Why are you here? Why are you doing this? And then I ask them, well, you've chosen a terrible game. Baseball breaks your heart, destroys your soul, hurts your feelings, right? I mean, I love baseball, but, right? It's not a great game. You've also chosen a game you can't impose your will on. Every other game in the world, you take the puck or the ball, and you take it from one end to the other, and you try and put it in the goal or the net and you try and stop the other team from doing that. You can impose your will on those games. You can be bigger, faster, stronger, be LeBron James, just drive to the middle of the hoop. Can't do that in baseball. Can't put up your best hitter every inning. Can't pitch your best pitcher every game. Baseball's unjust and unfair. You can hit the ball perfectly and make it out, you can make the perfect pitch, and the guy sticks out his bat and gets a hit. I ask the kids, you give Steph Curry 10 open shots. How many does he hit? Nobody's ever said less than nine. But as a hitter, if you get your pitch ten times, how many hits do you get? Not nine. They've chosen this unfair, unjust game that has texture and, is, and, 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 and you can't solve and you can't figure out. That is not about baseball. That is who they are. It is just that right now the best place for that part of them to be expressed is in baseball. And when we can point to the strength of the choice of the game that they've made Now we can show them that this is not about baseball. This is about who you are, and who you are is this, chooses something like this. That's going to bring your son great things in life no matter what he does. Maybe I'm biased, but just because I'm biased doesn't mean I'm wrong. I think the leaders of the future, especially coming out of this generation, are going to be baseball players. Because the kids that I mentioned, the kids I talked about, they're not doing dumb shit on TikTok. They're out doing stuff. They're out playing the games hard. And so I, I don't worry about the future at all. The next, the next strength that I would point out to your son is that he sees something wrong with this situation. I had a funny thing with my son a couple of years ago where I, I kind of sat him down, and, and there, was a couple, there was a couple situations at their school that, you know, parents didn't behave well. And I didn't know how to say it. I didn't know how to explain to them that my kids are young. Um, I didn't know how to explain to them that some people, you know. I just, I just said, you know, look, some people suck. <laughs> It's <laughs> just the way it is. And some people suck, and uh, you know, and they're probably got you know pain in their life or whatever. But that, that's ne- neither here nor there. Some people just suck. <laughs> we lived by the beach, and my I was we were walking. I took my son um, to swim, and we're we're coming off, and this guy's like blasting like this this really explicit song, like in front of everybody, and like it was annoying people and a lot of curses and stuff like that. it and, and my son my son Williams looking. I had it, and he's, and he's kind of <laughs> trying to figure it out. And he goes, "Dad, that guy sucks, right?" I was like, "Yeah, boy, well, he sucks." <laughs> right? and so, so, so if, if he, if your son sees the situation, that's a strength. I want to point him to that. I want to point to the fact that he's now seeing for the first time that maybe adults don't have everything figured out. And the last thing I would want to point him to is is, is to stay in the game. Because here's the thing. If your son has chosen baseball, here's why. There's something that comes alive in him when he plays baseball that doesn't come alive in him any other time. And sometimes we assign it to playing baseball, but I will tell you that there is something that comes alive in me when I coach, when I do this right now, that doesn't come alive in me at any other time. And it's linked to the game of baseball. And in this stage of the game, there are more opportunities in the game of baseball than there has ever been before for people to stay in the the game of baseball. It is not out of the question for your son to never play college baseball or professional baseball and end up a major league coach or a major league general manager. It is not out of the question. That is actually a pretty – common thing to happen right now so the opportunities that weren't really available like when i started coaching if somebody said you're gonna be a major league pitching coach i would say no because you would have had to have been a major league pitcher to do that and i wasn't but that's out that, of that that ship has sailed there are guys who are major league pitching coaches right now who never played a day of professional baseball and were not great players so the opportunities in baseball, especially as tech and data and statistics and everything grow, they're massive. They're massive. More opportunity to have a career or at least to stay involved at some level with the game that makes you, that makes you come alive. I don't want kids to walk away from that. Parents, um, let's talk about you. This is your job. This is your job to get him through this. This is your job to prevent him from becoming a victim it's, it's your job to prevent him from letting this guy put a timestamp on his life. It's your job to get him through this. This is one of those things. This is one of those parental things that you've got to grab him by the hand and you say, come with me. We're not taking this shit. We're not going to deal with this. We're not going to allow this to go this way. This person doesn't get to be in the story of your life or the story of your children or our family's life. Because one single situation came around, doesn't get permission to change your son's life. There's a great story about the dad is, is a dad brings his son down in the morning and he's got a pot of boiling water and he goes, son, I'll teach you about life. And he's got a potato, an egg, and a scoop of coffee. And he goes, put the potato in the water and he said, son, sometimes life gets hard. And some people are like the potato. Takes the potato out of the boiling water, son feels it, and it's soft. Some people get soft. They put, and he scoops, the, the, the puts the egg in, takes the egg out after it, and he goes, Son, sometimes life happens to people. They get in some hot situations, and they become like the egg. They get hard inside, and they put a shell around them. And then he pours the coffee in, and he said, Sometimes when life gets tough, people are like coffee. Instead of getting soft, or getting hard and putting up a shell, they change everything about the situation. The coffee changes the water. And so this is where you are. This is where you are. Is, is, is you, are you gonna allow your son to be a potato? Are you gonna allow him to, to, to be like an egg? Where this damages him and he just shuts down, maybe he doesn't trust adult male role models anymore? Or are you gonna be like the coffee? And change things. This is, it's an opportunity to show him Some people suck. Is is this going to be the last person that sucks that enters his life? Is he not going to have people that he works with later in life? Look look around, you guys, wherever you are. I'm sure most of you are calling in for work. Look look around. You could find someone who sucks, right, that you have to deal with on a daily basis. There was a comedian who told that joke that said everybody who works in an office has one person who's two words away, two wrong words away from, from big trouble, right? So there's always those people. It's your opportunity to show them to stand up to people. At least you'll be fighting an opportunity to step into your values and demonstrate those values. So I take all of my players to a values exercise. I want them to understand and identify their top five values. Here's how you do it. The question is, what do you hate? You answer that question five times. What do I hate? I hate bully coaches. I hate people who are rude to people that they can be rude to, like like coffee shop people or or waitresses or waiters or flight attendants, right? There's people who are mean to those people just because they know they can be because they know those people can't fight back. I have a lot of things that I hate, right? So I can stay in that and just be pissed off about it. Or the reason why I hate it so much is because when I hear a situation like this of a bully coach, the reason why I hate this situation, it violates my highest value of the player-coach relationship, the sacred bond. It violates that. It touches the third rail for me. pisses me off. The things that pisses me piss me off and piss you off, piss your son off. Those are the things that violate the things that we hold most sacred. And so now I have a choice. I can just be pissed about it. I can stomp my feet and cry about it. I don't go on social media. But maybe maybe go on social media and you know rant about it. Or what I can do is do the opposite. Because the opposite, the thing, the thing that hate, the thing that I hate, violates my value. So what's my value? I value players. I value young adults. I value kids. I value their futures. I value the way parents think about and love their children. I value the game of baseball and everything that it brings. I spend my time hating on some guy who's a jerk. Or can I step in and actually be the opposite? So I hate when people are rude, right? Starbucks, if the guy's rude to the, to, to the young kid behind the counter. I, my thing is I could be pissed at that guy or I could be extra nice to those people. Right, flight attendants, right, they got a tough job and stuff like that, been wearing masks for two years, so, you know, like maybe I'll just be a little nicer to them. So when you step into your values, you start to define who you are and who your son is. And then when you step into your values, when, when, when our values are clear, our decisions are easy. When our values are clear, our discernment is easy. And so when your values are clear, your son will see that guy for who he is and what he is. And that, that starts to break a little bit of that victim, starts to take away a little bit of that power. Uh, there's one thing I want you guys all to watch, watch very clearly. clearly. This would be an exercise. If you want to sit down and do this with your son tonight, um, it's something that I do with kids, especially, especially players who aren't feeling too great about things. I always start with an exercise of I, I want, I call it just the U R inventory. And I want to I get an idea of everything that's been said to a player that starts with, you are. You are uncoachable. You are not good enough to play on this team. You are not a team player. You are unmotivated. You're lazy. You are a pitcher who doesn't throw hard enough. You are a player who isn't a great teammate. You are. You are. You are is a projection of the person who says it. But the dangerous part of this for our kids is "you are" in in the young minds of our young men very quickly become "I am," and "I am" look like truth. And especially, like I said, young men, they look to model powerful male role models. And that coach is in the top two powerful male role models in your son's life. And so when that coach says you are something, a young mind can turn that into an I am truth. And all of a sudden you have kids who say, I am not a team player. I am a person who doesn't work hard. I am a pitcher who doesn't throw hard enough. That forms an identity. What I've found in the players that I've worked with and I've mentored, there's not much behind their identities. Their identities are really made up of a bunch of stuff that unqualified people said about them. A lot of the issues that we have around mental health now in the game comes from a lot of unqualified coaches, a lot of unqualified communicators, a lot of immature idiots saying to kids that they are something, you are something. And that young mind transferring it and making or transforming it into an "I am." So the last thing I'll tell you, uh, I, I've mentioned coaching and stuff like that um, throughout. You know, it, it's certainly something in this in these situations. I, I'd love to work with your son. There's lots of coaching programs that we have. Um, it, the difference that I make in a lot of the situations is I, I can give your some the experience of a positive coach. I can give you some the experience of a coach that that, that sees your strength. Um, often give them a third party that's not um, connected to, to their circumstance, their situation, you know, they do not have a horse in the race. Um, and then show them the opportunities in the game. Show them the strengths in their own game. Show them that there's more than there's just the current situation that they're in. There's a lot more than just this current coach, because sometimes our kids' world can look very narrow. And above all, the thing that I'm most proud of, you know, the old, the I forget, was it Archimedes or Aristotle? So if you give me a lever long enough and a place to stand, I'll move the earth. Well, what, what, what I try and do for my kids is give them a place to stand. Give them a solid anchor that they can come back to that's not going to judge them in the circumstances. And, and obviously going to help them in the X's and O's of their game. Um, I want to give you one last story that came out of the, came out of the first story of the, the dad with the potato and the egg. The same dad was talking to his son, and he had uh, three round objects. Orange, a Christmas ornament, and a rubber ball. And he said, son, life's going to knock you down. And he picks up the orange and he drops it and he goes, some people get knocked down and they become like the orange. They get lumpy and bruised. Picks up the Christmas ornament, and he goes, sometimes life's going to knock you down, he drops the Christmas ornament, shatters. He goes, and some people are like Christmas ornament and they shatter. He goes, and some people... Picks up the rubber ball, like him down, boom, ball bounces back. And those people bounce back. Be the rubber ball. <laughs> so what I, what I hope to do today was to give you some things to do, some hope, a little bit of hope to kind of, you know, maybe if you're going through these, these situations or circumstances, that to see that they're not permanent, is something your son can overcome, and also hopefully to look at the situation honestly so that you can make the best decisions for your stock, and certainly offer you any help that I could. Um, so I'm going to pull up there. What time is it? Wow. So I'm going to pull up there, um, and we can open up for questions if you guys would like. Uh, let me just check. i got to walk back to my screen here. So if you have a question, uh, you, can just, you can hit five star, and that will show me that your hand is raised, or you can text me your question. Um, and let me know if you guys have questions. If we don't, we'll we can certainly wrap it up. But we can talk about anything that that you have in these situations. You can ask me questions specifically about maybe how to handle situations. A lot of times, I you know sometimes uh, communication is difficult, you know, between uh, parents, coaches, and stuff like that. And uh, a lot of times, I'll help parents and players communicate with a coach. Um, and they'll send me what they're about to send to coaches, you know, and 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 I can look at it kind of third party honestly and just kind of um, take the uh, you know take the emotion out of it and kind of get to the, the the point of the of the of the issue and hopefully help resolve it. Um, so if you guys have questions, hit five star and and I can bring you on. If you if you have hit five star, I don't see it. We have had some situ. We have had you know every once in a while we've had some this, this uh, system has not um, worked perfectly for us. So if, if you have hit five star and I don't see it, um, text me your your question. Um, and we'll give a kind of a countdown here for this. And this is this is a recording we'll certainly make available that you could possibly uh, share with um, some of the people that um, you think could help. We'll put this out in a couple days or so. Um Anybody have any questions, we'll start kind of the, the one-minute countdown. And also, too, we do uh, – so I, I just, just to reiterate, like, you know, uh, coaching programs that if you're interested in, you can could, you could certainly just text me or you can reply to the email that you got for this call, and I, we could set up a time to talk about possibilities. But um, something that I, I always do is that any, if there's a group of coaches that get together. I, I do them all the time on zoom. And uh, my, you know, one of my early coaching mentors and that still is a guy that I look up to a lot is Ron Polk. And Ron Polk's rule was if a group of baseball people get together to, and want to hear you talk, you should go talk to them and, and don't worry about um, payment or anything like that. So if you have a group of coaches together in a league or a team and you, uh, you feel like I could be of help to you, Um, you know, if I can be there in person, I'd be there in person, um, or we do it on Zoom, we do it on Zoom. I do them all the time. And it's just not something we like advertise, you know, just so we don't get overrun with them. But, um, the people that show up on things like this and the people that are on that list that, um, that I email regularly that I put for my personal account, um, if you have a group of coaches, I will talk to them. You know, if you have a group of parents, um, I'd be, I would be happy to talk to them as well, you know, at, at no charge. That has always been, um, my policy there. So, um, all right, guys. So we're going to wrap this up. If we don't have any questions, I'll give the kind of the final countdown. Um, and again, if there's something I can help you guys with, you have my cell phone number is, is in all the emails, 201-323-0840. My only cell phone, carry around all the time. Um, I'll get back to you usually as fast as I can, um, no more than 24 hours. And uh, if you guys have a question, hit five star like now. Like now's the time to get on. All right. So they always say there's no questions. Either you did the most amazing job of communicating, or you just confused the crap out of everybody. So <laughs> I'll, I'll, uh, I'll, I'll hope I'll hope for the, for the first one that we just did a great job. So um, I appreciate everyone making the time, and you know we'll continue these calls, especially as, as issues come up. And also, anything else? oh, our high academic recruiting group is starting. Uh, this Monday so if you're interested in that you can uh, uh, you can text me or, um, or email me All right everyone so thank you so much guys for for listening in and, and I hope I was able to provide some 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 value and some hope to you guys about a really um, what sometimes can be a really difficult situation so I hope everyone has a great day and a great weekend and we'll be talking soon. Hey, it's Paul Reddick. Thanks so much for listening to the show. I really appreciate it. I want to let you know I have a new book out specifically for Baseball Dads, and I would love for you to check it out. You can go to BaseballDadsBook.com. All the information is there and a pretty good discount for our podcast listeners. So, again, it's BaseballDadsBook.com. Thanks.